0: to be here finally after all this lockdown and uh, being able to be here is just great and uh, I'm very uh, grateful for all your support and prayers especially after the Beirut explosion Well, a lighthouse is a medium uh, in which uh, the love of Jesus is shown, and the truth about, about Jesus is shared. Um, and it's not, I mean, we didn't come up with it. It's not that we didn't invent the wheel in that aspect. We just read the gospel and saw that Jesus was a light. And uh, wherever he went, he loved on people. And he shared the truth with them. And uh, I think, uh, in my mind, I said, why don't we go to this old method? It worked in Jesus' day, most probably to work today. And uh, it really was instigated by the time when we went down to Tyre to plant a church. And uh, since I got saved, uh, the Lord was leading me. To reach my people, which are the Muslims. So as you know, my name is Mohammed, and no Christian family is going to call them child Muhammad. Uh, and uh, I come from a Muslim background. I feel a responsibility to, to reach them for Christ. And uh, but for 20 years I ran away and then the Lord got me straight through whacking me with a two-by-four and uh, called me to Tyre. And when we came to Tyre, I mean, Tyre is a known city. It's in the Bible. It's Jesus, where Jesus came and where uh, Paul came. And there's a Christian quarter in it. And the obvious thing, thing to do as, as a minister of the gospel is to go to the Christian quarter and start ministering. But, no, we need to go to the Muslim area. And we need to set up shop there. And we really need to live the gospel among Muslims, and that's what Muslims lack today. Like everywhere, everywhere, even in America, uh, in the great cities like Minneapolis or Dearborn, you find the Muslims living alone. That's not good. There's no way we can reach them this way. They're going to become more antagonistic, more self entitled, more. Uh, Uh, Aggressive, Uh, we have to go live with them. And so we went to the Muslim sector of Tyre and we set up shop there. And after five years of being the light there, Jesus planted his church there, built his church there. And it dawned on me at that time that's what the Muslim world needs 1,000 lighthouses. We need to plant lighthouses everywhere in the Muslim world. I mean, uh, I have to say, the whole year, from the beginning of the year till today, God has just been moving and working in a miraculous way in our midst in Lebanon and in Turkey. And and you would think otherwise. his big economic crisis hit Lebanon because of the devaluation of the Lebanese pounds and corruption. The COVID comes in, and then the top it all we have the Beirut explosion that left 200 people dead, 6,000 people injured, 300,000 people displaced, billions of dollars of damages. And you would think, no, there is no hope. But at this time, I felt we are the hope. We were made for such times when there is COVID. When there is an economic crisis, when there is an explosion. We were made for these times, to give hope to people. And, and I like the theme of your Christmas giving, see of Mercy. We were made to show mercy to people, because our God is a merciful God. And, and when that Beirut explosion happened, that night, that, that exact night, when I heard about it, and uh, none of my children were there at all, The three of them are universally University close to that place. It so happened they were at home. I just contacted everybody. I knew that the capital, Beirut, has been devastated. And I was born and bred in Beirut, so I know Beirut. And seeing the videos and seeing the pictures, that place was devastating. Yet, I also knew that God had mercy. Were well, it not for God having mercy, the death toll would have been in the twenty thousand. Because that highway, that is parallel to the port, at that time when the explosion took place, has at least over twenty thousand cars of people leaving work and going back. So God had mercy then. In that, at that time, at night, when the news was coming out. I knew God had mercy, and uh, I knew we need to do something as a church. We need to move. We cannot idle. See people suffer and sit it. And so we went down, and I started assessing what's, what are the needs. Next day, we sent a team from the church. We start cleaning up people's homes, and then after that, we started raising funds, and we started helping people with relocating by renting apartments for them until their homes are renovated. And we started giving out food portions, and we started giving out medicine. And now we really are, are you know, helping them uh, come back to their homes after being renovated and uh, providing some appliances like gas stove, like fridge, like heaters. Lately we distributed a lot of heaters. And so through that, uh, a lighthouse was established. We call it now the Beirut. Center for the Proclamation of the Gospel and Humanitarian Aid. And it's there to be. Not to... It's not for a moment or for a time. That's the nice thing about the right Most NGOs would come in, uh, make relief, uh, and then go. We're coming to stay. We're coming to stay so this will not happen again, because uh, the presence of the righteous protects the area. And we want to see more righteous people in that part of the Beirut. And so uh, activities are going on. We do house visits. We're starting to do discipleship lessons with uh, a lot of the families that come to the center. And soon we're going to renovate a hall that was given to us under the office of the center uh, to make meetings, uh, evangelistic meetings, especially when COVID is down a little bit. We want to do that. So it's just amazing. You know, you think a lighthouse would come out from an <laughs> explosion that God does you know establish a lighthouse through an explosion. Yeah, I mean, uh, every refugee gathering, especially in the Bikar, has a rooster or the guy in charge. And being all of them Muslims, you just can't go into the gathering and serve people and tell them about Jesus, because uh, instantly they will tag you as a spy or as an infidel and don't talk to him, don't do anything. So, we have to uh, make a good relationship with the roosters, so we can have mercy on the people. Uh, Sadly so. We don't live in a country where they respect human rights or there is freedom of speech, as it should be, because we still have this clan mentality. Uh, And so, we make good relationships with the roosters of the gatherings, To be able to serve the people, take care of the children, take care of the women, uh, supply them medicine, supply them food portions, blankets, pajamas, uh, be able to school them if we need to. And uh, it's amazing what God is doing through this, uh, us just being on the offensive and penetrating those camps and, and just going inside. And, and loving on people and sitting with them. And I think you were with us when we drank tea one of the tents. And so we, we built relationships with them. And uh, before, they would look at you as an infidel, as an enemy. Uh, today, they, they friend you, they love you, and it just opens the door. Mercy, having mercy on people, opens the door for us to be able to communicate the gospel, which is greatly needed. And so we're thankful that uh, you help us to do that uh, by uh, us providing these needs to people through our lighthouses that are spread in Lebanon. in of <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the farm, I mean, again, uh, as a church, being part of the community, we look on how we can help people. Uh, We're not in a hurry to shove the gospel down people's throats. We're in a hurry to live the gospel. And we do that by uh, living life with them, seeing what's their needs, seeing how, what they're facing. Showing them how we do, how I treat my wife, how I treat my children, how I treat wrongdoing, how I treat uh, anything that is not right, how do, what's my attitude towards it. And and, and that leads us to get involved uh, in different ways in the community. Uh, one of them is the farm. So we have the refugees. They cannot work in the evening's illegal. and uh, they need to eat and they need to be provided for. And, and you can give them a food portion once, twice, and then. We're not going to do that all the time. And we don't want them to live dependently on us. We want them to live in dignity, and we want them to feel that they're working and they're doing something, achieving something. And so uh, I said, I'll buy a few, sheep, a few goats, and we will uh, give them to few families, and they start taking care of them. And we put them in the camp, in k camp, uh, the back part. I divided it and made a farm there. And so we started to have two families working there and taking care of the sheep and the goats. Well, lo and behold, COVID comes in, and I'm stuck. I can't probably normally every four or five months I'm out uh, and about trying to raise funds and uh, share the vision of what got. Is doing in us and through us in the Middle East and the 1,000 Houses vision, uh, and uh, so I quarantined myself in the park. and I mean I started organizing it, started seeing what's wrong, how we can expand it, and bought wow, more sheep, more uh, uh, goats, more cows, and it started growing and multiplying, and, and we had one season of birthing and. It multiplied, we sold the babies, we brought bigger ones. And, and today uh, the farm uh, produces uh, a ton of milk every day and supplies our kitchen that feeds over, over 200 people every day with meat and milk. Uh, the interesting thing about it that I didn't plan and I didn't know about That on the 4th of August, an explosion is going to take place in Lebanon, and it's going to destroy our silos, and 90,000 tons of grain are going to be destroyed and damaged, and huge warehouses of food supply, Lebanon imports 80% of its food, all damaged, and what happened? after the 4th of August. Already there were signs that we're going to face hunger because of the economic crisis. And the explosion comes, and we are sure the people are going to get hungry. And what did God do in these seven months? Prepare the farm, a farm that produces meat and milk. and farm that is also involved in agriculture. We plant uh, lettuce, we plant cabbage, we plant uh, olive trees and avocado trees and all these and now we are looking at next year having a harvest not less than a hundred thousand dollars. have a hundred people employed in our pieces of lands now and apart working supporting a hundred families. Yes, 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 yes and, and and living life. Living life with them. Remember that. You know every day uh, our church members, me, we are up shoulders with them. We live life with them. When they lie, say maybe lie. When they cheat, we catch them, say, we're gonna forgive you. This is not the right way to do it. Living life with them is something just awesome. And then, uh, during that time, God opens the door for us to have a camp, a new campsite. And uh, this lady was a Christian. Her mom is not doing well. She needed money to take care of her mom. Her mom had a piece of land and she wanted to sell it. And she was looking for somebody to buy it. Uh, she found you, Muslim buyers, but the village people said, no, you can't sell to Muslims, this village is Christian, it needs to be Christian, We don't want Muslims to come in here. And so she heard about me and she called me she said, we know that uh, you have that camp and you're buying land and uh, I want to offer you this. I said, how much do you want to it? Said, she said, $100,060. I said, what? I thought $160,000. He said, No, 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 I can facilitate anything you want to do." I said, Okay, we'll go see it. I, I remember, I think Mark and, and you were with us when we went up and saw the land and took a look at it when it was bushy and, and there was nothing there. And uh, uh, I came back to her and said, Look, I, I can't pay you 160000 I can't even pay you without payment. I mean, the situation is not that good. She said, Just give me a couple of thousand dollars a month and I, I'll sell it for you. I said, okay, we're talking sense now. Makes sense. And I said, okay, we'll do this. And uh, we made a deal and we bought the land. And she gave it to us and uh, we fenced it. And it's a beautiful piece of land after we cleaned it up. Has 60 uh, pine trees, 40 years old each. Has 200 olive trees, 15 years old. We already harvested them this year. We made olive oil and olive. Uh, Pickles and and we took the pines, and a beautiful place uh, on the back overlooks Mount of Transmigration. And uh, God is just going to use this place. And uh, we were always looking where we're going to take our teenagers and teenagers from other churches to encourage them to live for the Lord and to go forward uh, where we can have a private time. Uh, away from the peer pressure of society. And here God gives it to us. At the time, when we think, oh, you shouldn't do something like this, you shouldn't buy something like this. And God said, no, you're going to buy it, and I'm going to make it so attractive, you're going to buy it. He, you know, I said, okay. And then we did. Definitely. Yeah. We have five people working there five families benefit from that piece of it. Yep. yep. Also, uh, close to the farm, in a village, very close to the farm, I mean, we are in the medical field through our clinic, through healing clinic. So we have medical teams that come every year and help us uh, check on children, women, uh, offer them some medicine maybe sometimes help with operations. We have eye clinics sometimes. And so we've been in the medical field and and, uh, the medical uh, needs have been rising on the rise. And really the medical field lately has opened a great door for us with the local. So yes, a year ago 80% of our efforts were uh, directed towards refugees. But I can say with all honesty today, uh, it's 50 50. It's 50% refugees, it's 50% local Lebanese people who are starting to suffer, who cannot pay their medical bills. Uh, every week, and what every week? Every day. Every day. Every single day. Like on WhatsApp yesterday, my head says, we need 700,000 lira to help uh, some guy with a CT scan. And, you know, Great needs for medical And uh, there was a rundown hospital that's been there for 21 years. And I every day pass by it as I'm going to the farm and say, Lord, what are you going to give it to us? You know, it's, it's, it's there. And then suddenly the man who owns the piece of land is in need of money. And they offer it to me. And they say, Would you like to buy it? I
1: problem, how much?
0: say $150,000, I said, no question, come on, let's go. Uh, we had some money, and so I we went and paid the down payment on it. And I said that I will finish paying the whole amount by the end of the year. And he said, okay, no problem. So we signed the sales contract at the Notary Public, and uh, I said, "I need to. you need to hand me the hospital because I need to work on it and fix it because we need to save time. And I started doing that. But then, a month later, Hezbollah started knowing that we took the house, and they went crazy. Uh, and they started pressuring the landlord, and they started the landowner, and they started pressuring the municipality, and they started rallying people against us, and I uh, had a binding contact sign. And I said to the man, we well, are, this land's ours. You only have money with us. We need it. we get it to you. Other than that, we're going to go to court. Uh, this is the kind of persecution we face as we're working for the because People of Hezbollah, they know what is the impact that's going to take place when that hospital is up and running. They know. They know lives are going to be changed. They know lives are going to be touched. Between our churches, building, and the borders with Israel, there is no hospital. There is no hospital. This hospital is going to serve over 200,000 people right there. And to me, this was great. Uh, I knew it's not going to come easy. I knew they were going to fight When they knew that we took it, when they knew that our church took the building and took the land, they went crazy. But by the contract, they can get out of it. And with God's help and support, we're going to fulfill our commitment to it. And uh, we're going to, by the spring, have the building ready to be used. And from there on, we look forward to God uh, providing all the needs that are needed to make this hospital run. And be a blessing and have mercy. Mercy on
1: people.
0: Well, I mean, definitely over the years, I mean, I'm fifty five. I've passed through a lot uh, but um, I think when when, when I got saved at the age of 14 uh, Jesus was real and God was real and uh, I couldn't be a mediocre guy if if God is who he is then I'm not worried about safety or, or finances if God is who he is. If he's on the throne, if he runs the world, then, how can I be afraid of people? If he created all this, if he owns the cattle on a thousand things, how can I be worried about finances? And I have to be truthful with myself. And I can just say, I mean, it's a challenge for me. I mean, either I believe in God and all that he is, or I don't. There is no middle ground for that. With me, it's either in or out. You know, and uh, throughout the years, uh, since 1979 till today, uh, God has been faithful, and He has never disappointed. Never, never at all, uh, in anything. Whether in 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 safety, and I've been through a lot in safety, through a civil war through being my life threatened, through uh, prison, through uh, tuberculosis, through three, four wars with Israel, and through serving in a stronghold of Hezbollah where your life is in danger every day because you are threatening the stomping ground. And, And God has been there all the time. And from a street kid who had nothing, who barely could survive on begging, to a person who was able to come to the U.S. and study accounting and graduate and uh, at the age of 25 have half a million dollars in his pocket and own a company and a factory and a house and, and go to prison and come out and still survive and... God has been there. And I think the story of Tyre Church is that story of God's faithfulness. All that you saw in Tyre, the farm, the fields, the hospital, the music school, the lighthouses, the church, the guest houses, the sewing shop, whatever you saw there, I can tell you, honestly, when I took the decision to get involved or to buy them, I did not have the money. And that is insane. Commit yourself to something that you don't have the money for. Yeah. yeah, but he's there, you know. And I think the secret behind it is, is is the glory of Christ. You see, when you are out to do something that glorifies Christ, he's going to be in it. That's, you want the key, the secret? Go about doing something. Invest in something. Go for an adventure that will glorify Christ. And you can be sure He's going to be there. And if He's there, forget about that.